Maybe it's a classic, or maybe a flop. Has Katie seen it? She probably has not. She'll sit down and watch it if it's good or it's bad. Hey, have you seen this? No, Katie hasn't seen that. Hi, I'm Katie, and if I had a nickel for every time someone said to me, Wait, you haven't seen this movie? Oh my god, you need to see this movie. I'd be very rich. So this is my podcast, where I finally watch those movies you all have told me I need to see, and I tell you what I think. There be spoilers ahead as hot as a boiler. Are the rhyming spoiler tags getting better or worse? You decide. Today we are watching the movie Speed. This is the third movie out of three that folks were able to donate to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and unlocked me watching a movie of their choice. This one is from the wonderful Chubbigans. And I won't lie, I've been wanting to watch Speed forever. And so thank you so much, Chubbigans, for moving this bad boy up the list. As with the others, I asked for three movies in case I had seen one of the movies that they wanted me to watch. And Chubbigans also offered up Fargo and No Country for Old Men. And I told Chubbigans, and now I'm telling you all, um, I've seen both of those. And I didn't love them. Fargo only had one interesting moment, don't you know? And we all know which moment that is. It is the leg in the wood chopper. But I mean, the whole movie, I mean, maybe I need to rewatch it. It's been a hot minute since I watched it. I probably watched it in college. So maybe if I go like revisit it now, I'll enjoy it. So seen Fargo. I have also seen No Country for Old Men. And I think Harvey A. Harvey A. Harvey A. Harvey A. Bardem is in it. And uh, he has like a bowl cut. And Mark and I, my husband and I lovingly call that friendo hair because he called everybody friendo. But also I can barely remember what happened in that movie. I just remember also not liking it. So Chubbigans was very upset with me when I told them I had not seen Fargo or No Country for Old Men. But here we are. I'm watching Speed because that was the third choice. And I am so jazzed. This movie has it all. It has Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock. It's from 1994. And apparently Jeff Daniels, the actor who shares my birthday and Dennis Hopper are in this. So I didn't know those two actors were in Speed. I wanted to see Speed since I was a young girl. When this movie came out, I was too young to see it. It's rated R. So I wasn't even close to being able to watch it in 94. But I remember seeing the trailers for it. And even as I got older, seeing that they're like on a bus and just they can't stop driving is all that I know about it. But for some reason, the movie seemed so action packed for the fact that they couldn't get off of this bus. So how have I gotten here without seeing Speed? I think you just kind of forget about movies sometimes and then you'll like remember them or see something and go, oh my God, I want to watch that. So since I've been doing this podcast, I have always wanted to do Speed. Again, not the drug that I wanted to watch the movie. Okay. And now I'm finally watching it. I'm trying not to read any of the plot summary. I'm hoping this will tap into that part of my heart that just absolutely loves the 90s. And there's a movie from the 90s called Breakdown, and it has Kurt Russell in it. And it's a movie about a couple who is driving cross country when their car breaks down and his wife disappears and all sorts of 
stuff goes down and it's honestly held up. It was on Showtime and I watched it recently and I was like, hell yes, this movie still holds up and I'm I freaking love Breakdown. And so a 90s movie with cars in it, I'm sold. Plus Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. So without further ado, I cannot wait to watch Speed. So let's watch Speed. As I was looking up the ratings, I see that there is a second speed movie speed Two, cruise control i think i remember hearing there was a sequel but i don't know anything about it is speed Two a good movie that came out in 97 but today it is the 94 original speed and this movie's reviews are a 7.2 out of 10 on internet movie database 94 percent on rotten tomatoes that is like one of the highest scores i have ever seen for rotten tomatoes like ever Okay, a cool 78% on Metacritic and 92% of Google users like this movie creeping above that 86% that it normally is. So is this movie just like really good? I've not heard of the director or producer, but I'm really, really excited about this. Apparently at the box office, it earned $350.4 million. Ooh, maybe that can be a fun thing that we start weaving in. Maybe I'll start looking up the grossing box office for these films because that's kind of interesting to me. The budget of the movie was 28 million as well. Well, it looks like it's it's 28 to 30 million. You know, just, just an easy 28 to 30 million, you know, just to spend on a movie. All right, so I'm gonna go watch Speed. It is so freaking hot here. We have a heat wave warning. There is a date range I got an alert for on my phone that was like, hey, just a heads up, it's gonna be so hot that we've kind of issued an emergency warning. So don't go outside as much as possible. And I got a dust storm warning the other night while I was streaming on Twitch and I showed my community and legitimately, is the apocalypse coming? That's my main question. So hopefully I can get speed watched before that apocalypse comes. And if I melt, then this episode will never come out. So fingers crossed, I don't melt and you will all hear what I think about speed. All right, I'm back. I watched Speed from 1994. We're in the midst of a heat wave right now, and it is currently 103 degrees. So what better time than now to hunker down in a very dark room? The blinds are pulled. The curtains are pulled. I'm like literally in a den. I've made a cave for myself to stay cool. There is a literal heat wave in the Pacific Northwest right now where I'm at, and uh, I'm just going to try to stay cool. So far, so good, though I feel bad for anybody who has been more affected by this than I am. So if you are dealing with with a heat wave ever now in the future. I hope that you stay cool and it sucks. So may your life be filled with fan blessings and air conditioning. But let's get to what we're really here for, which is the movie Speed. All right, Kanunu is in this um, and Sandra Bullock. Should I call them Kanunu and Sandy? <laughs> I, I feel weird about that. I'm not going to do that anymore. Uh, this movie starts off with such a long intro. It's it's literally an elevator shaft that they're going down and panning down while all the credits and information about the movie is kind of happening. And I was like, they do not do this with movies anymore. You go to a movie now and there's a five minute intro with just some people's names. Folks are not gonna wanna be there for that. However, there's just something about that that I think eases you into the movie. 
it gets you time to like acclimate to the idea of, all right, I'm going to hunker down for about two hours and I'm going to watch something. So I didn't mind it. But then it got the gears turning like, wait, how did they do this? And apparently, because I looked up some trivia, that the opening credit sequence descended down an elevator shaft and was created with a 35-foot miniature laying horizontally. So that's pretty cool. I love when movies have fun things like that because I'm like, oh my God, did they shoot in an actual elevator shaft? No, they made a little model and then they filmed that little model to make it look like a big model or a big elevator shaft. And I just think that stuff is so damn cool. So there's a little fun fact for you. This is also where we meet our villain uh, played by Dennis Hopper. And I have to say, Dennis Hopper, I have seen almost exclusively with a beard in my entire life. So seeing him without a beard was quite the experience. And I just need to take some time to talk about Dennis Hopper's unhinged performance in this movie. I just don't even know how to explain it. He came across as a legit psychopath. The way that he delivered his lines and the laughing at the weirdest times, it was just, he was so bewildering, but it worked so well. I was like, this seems like a guy who would build bombs and blow up a bus. So kudos to Dennis Hopper. I would not want to meet his character in any situation at any point in time. So Dennis Hopper is setting up a bomb in an elevator shaft because he wants $3 million because, you know, that's just what he does. But he was kind of burned by a cop department. So it is a cop department, a police department where he worked for many years. And he had a bomb, an accident when he was defusing a bomb or something and his thumb blew off. And so then he was like forced to retire and he didn't like that. So then he was like, I'm going to go nuts and blow some stuff up for a lot of money. This is where we meet the main characters, Harry played by Jeff Daniels and Jack played by Keanu Reeves. And the one thing about this opening sequence that I cannot get over is just the car flying. They're they're pulling up to this building where the elevator bomb is. And the car literally looks like it gets some air going over a hill. And then it just like slams into the ground. And there was no reason for it. And it's very dangerous. And these cops should be more careful. And then they just like land, land their car. They don't pull up. They land their car. And uh, Keanu and Jeff Daniels gets out. And, uh, you know, you know, Keanu means business because he's chewing some gum. And this whole opening sequence with the elevator was longer than I feel like in movies where they have like setups. And I thought they did this nicely because you got used to, you know, Harry and Jack, the two characters, and also our good unhinged friend, Howard Payne. I think one thing I need to get out of the way, though, is that this movie is incredibly unrealistic. Everything they do in this movie is just it's you know, it's not going to happen physics wise or logistically. So this movie, you you just got to go into speed with the idea of like, this is just not actually possible. Most of these scenarios. But if you take it at face value where you're like action, Keanu's in it, Sandy B's in it. Again, I regret saying that. It's kind of it's kind of fun. Okay, I guess that's a spoiler for my review. This movie's kind of fun, but also there's a lot of moments where I was just like, you can't do that. That's not possible. And then you just got to put that filter of movie magic wonder over your eyes and go, this isn't supposed to be a real situation. So just enjoy it for what it is. So this movie started out a lot different than I expected. I thought it was going to be all bus all the time. It wasn't. We got the setup in the elevator situation. We learned who our villain is, who was thwarted. And because he was thwarted, but made it seem like he blew himself up, sneaks back in and tries to ruin the day by, you know, doing some bus bombs, which 
seems not really, again, not realistic, but it made for an exciting movie. And again, I just need to mention Dennis Hopper playing Howard Payne in this. He was just so good at just being someone who's just not doing well. Like his, the way he did his laughs and he just did some weird clapping at times and his character was just so weird. But I just literally sat there and was like, yeah, if there was a guy who's going to build bombs on buses, it would be this man. And so again, I just can't get over, you know, at first I was like, is this, is this working? And you know, it worked. It, it could have gone the other way completely where you're like, God, Dennis Hopper is just like taking me out of this. But I was like, he seems like a dude who's gonna do this kind of thing. So he builds this bus for a bomb, right? Wait, bus for a bomb? Bomb for a bus. Now, that would have been a very different movie where they can't go under 50 miles per hour or it will blow up. This is where we meet Sandy B. I see. I said I wasn't going to do it. And uh, here we are. She plays Annie. She just happens to be on the bus. I have some thoughts about Annie and Jack later on, but let's just keep on going. This movie is kind of a victim of what other wild situation can we throw into this? So, you know, Keanu finds out, hey, there's a bomb on this bus. So I got to get on this bus to help these people. So there's a whole unrealistic sequence of him, of him trying to get on the bus on the interstate. And he does. Spoiler alert. But as he gets on the bus, too, because he's a cop, there's another guy on the bus who just pulls out a gun. He's like, ah, I don't want to be on this. You're coming for me, coppers. And then he shoots the bus driver. So, you know, in that chaotic string of events, the bus driver's now shot and Annie ends up taking over driving the bus, which as far as I know, you need a special license to drive a bus. So kudos to Annie acting under pressure, but also would Annie have been able to drive that bus? I mean, I don't know if I got on a bus today and they're like, can you drive this? That I would be able to drive a bus especially in the situations that they were put in, such as busy traffic-filled interstates and jumping a bridge. Can we talk about the bridge jump, please? So they find out, oh no, the road up ahead is cut off. They haven't finished the bridge. And I looked at my husband and I said, they better not jump this bus. And you want to know what they did? They jumped that bus and it didn't look real. It didn't look like they really jumped that bus. And I want to be honest with you, if they had jumped that bus, they would not have made it. But there was no incline. And yet the bus gets some lift right before that jump. You know, it just got a little pop, it pops up a bit. And I'm like, from what? It was a flat piece of road. <laughs> Otherwise, that bus would have been honestly, it would have driven into the other side of that bridge or have just fallen straight down at an angle. So I'm just going to say the the bus jump is not how physics works. And it looked like it launched up before it even went off of the bridge. So that scene is going to forever stick with me because I just watched it and I was like, they didn't need to do that, but they did. You know, it was like they didn't need to, but they did it. I just I can't get that out of my head. I just I, I sat there for like good 10 minutes after that. Like that just not it's not how the jump would have gone. And I just was working through that and processing that after the bus jump. I will say, though, it would be so stressful driving a bus like that in traffic and having to keep it under 50 miles per hour. That was kind of exciting and different. And, you know, you don't see a lot of movies that are based around driving buses. So I think they captured that pretty well, like being in L.A. traffic and trying to navigate that in a giant bus that might explode. Yeah, they made that pretty stressful. Also, I was like, they're taking so many risks here with their driving. And I was like, if you crashed the bus, you would then blow up as well because 
it probably would trigger the bomb, but also you'd go, you know, under 50 miles per hour. So essentially they were just making me nervous by just turning. And I was like, if you tip this bus over, you're all going to blow up. But, you know, I guess they had to get from point A to point B somehow. There's also a character named Helen. There's a moment where they have to negotiate and the shot bus driver can get taken off of the bus. They figure that out. But then there's a lady named Helen and Helen is like, I want to get off the bus too. When Helen gets off the bus though, how did nobody see Helen moving towards leaving the bus? They're traveling at a very high rate of speed on the interstate. There's a cop, a bunch of cops on like a flatbed next to it where they pulled the bus driver through to. And Helen, oh boy, did Helen make a mistake. She steps down on like the last stair on the bus to try to reach out to the cops to get pulled over. And our good friend Howard Payne is watching and blows the bottom step. And Helen falls onto the interstate and gets run over by the bus. Okay, run over by the bus. So Helen became a lesson to everyone. But my main question was like, how did nobody, you know, notice Helen inching her way towards that door? There, I've been on buses. There's not much to look at, not a lot of space. So, you know, someone maybe should have noticed Helen before Helen noticed the pavement. <laughs> One thing, coming back to Jack and Annie, I have to admit to you, their dynamic seemed very out of place for the stressful situation they were in. They're like flirting and like looking at each other and, you know, oh, I need you and you need your strength and oh my God. And I was like, do you, you're on a bomb that you can drive. And I really don't think like now's a good time for connecting with someone in a romantic manner. If I was in that situation, I'd be like, what do I need to do to survive? Yes, Keanu, you're a cutie, but like I need to focus on driving this bus. I made a note in here that says, I hope they don't kiss. Guess what, though? They kissed. So I just have to say there's moments where they like touch hands at one point and they're holding hands. And I'm like, Annie's trying to drive the bus, right? And I'm going, doesn't that seem like a wildly unsafe activity to do while you're driving a bus that has a bomb on it? Maybe keep your hands at 10 and 2 because you never know when you might need to correct or overcorrect or undercorrect when you're driving this bus bomb. I'm just saying. Let's also take a moment here to talk about when Jack goes to try to defuse the bomb and they put him on, I, I don't know what you would even call it, uh, a broken down go-kart and they release him underneath the bus to, to defuse this bomb. He doesn't have a helmet on because, you know... I, yeah, I don't know why he didn't have a helmet on. He should have had a helmet on. But he's on the radio talking to his partner, Harry, who's trying to help him figure out how to defuse the bomb. The tire threads are just shredding and jostling him about. And he's trying to defuse the bomb. But then as they're figuring it out, they find out who the guy is. So they're just like, let's forget defusing the bomb. We got our guy and literally leave Jack underneath the bus to be like, all right, they figured out who it is. Let's not worry about defusing the bomb. And my head goes like, why wouldn't you go investigate this man and then also try to defuse this bomb? So that was confusing to me. But also, why did they not reel him back in 
So then this whole thing happens where Keanu is struggling to not be jostled about and not get essentially run over by the bus. So he manhandles his way underneath manhandles. That's yeah, that's the right word. His way underneath the bus. And he has to obviously get his bearings by stabbing the gas tank or one of the gas tanks and letting much of the gasoline seep out. So, you know, pros and cons here. So they're hemorrhaging gas and you're just going, could things get any worse? Yes, the answer is yes to that. So they get him back in the bus because like the floor comes out and the people in the bus pull him up. There's one man who's like big and strong and helps him up and stuff. And there's a, a line where he says essentially, man, you've got some big cojones to Keanu. But it was just a weird time to say the line because like his face was directly in front of Keanu's nether region. And I just noticed that. So do with that what you will. So they figured out, oh, hey, it's this Howard Payne dude. Let's go to his house. They go to his house. Jeff Daniels rolls up. They're all like, we got him, guys. And they go in. And I'm like, you're not very careful for bomb cops. They go into his house. I mean, I just I'm like, this guy makes bombs explode in elevators and on buses. And they just go to his house. And his house, he's rigged as a bomb. So the house blows up, killing Jeff Daniels, which was very upsetting to Jack. And I can understand. But I was also like, these are special bomb cops. And they just walked into this man's house like, we're here to arrest you. And didn't even like carefully maybe go, this man makes explosives. We should probably be very careful. Maybe I don't know how bomb cops do things. Just feel like that was a like a misstep on their part. And so, you know, maybe they should have reevaluate and maybe write up some protocol for future missions with bombs. Long story short on this whole movie, they loop the video feed because he's been watching inside the bus. By him, I mean Howard Payne. And they get all of the people off of the bus. And then Annie and Jack rig up the bus to just keep driving. And at this point, they're at the airport just kind of doing laps on the tarmac. And they make this floor panel into an adult slip and slide and they like wrap themselves on it and from this incredibly fast moving vehicle they take this and uh exit the vehicle coming to a sliding stop in some traffic cones while the bus drives forward on its own hits an airplane and then blows up the airplane and the whole time i was like is there a pilot on that airplane we'll never know though but they blew up the airplane and then it's just keanu and sandy b kind of being like oh my god you're like i don't know should we date kind of thing in that situation i would be like oh my god are my limbs still on i have so much road rash I just feel like the PTSD would just start kicking in right then and there. But, you know, there's an attractive person there. I guess you just focus on the fact that you might get a date at some point, you know? So we're here where I'm like, okay, this must be the end of the movie, right? And I'm sitting there like, they just don't make action movies like they used to. They just don't. This is a very specific type of action movie. It has a, a certain feel to it. You're watching it and you're like, this feels like home. Like action movies these days, like especially blockbuster ones, do not have this almost formulaic. But if you've ever seen like Die Hard, Speed, The Rock, Con Air, they all have a very specific vibe to them. It's just unrealistic action. So anything that can happen will happen. And just there's always a hero and that hero never lets you down. And that's how speed feels to me. 
So I'm like, all right, it's time to wrap up the movie. We did it. We watched Speed. But no, they're trying to get... Okay, so essentially Howard Payne just wants money. So they're like, they realize that he doesn't know the video's looping. So they're like, let's let's get this guy. They try to set up where the money drop's supposed to be. They left Annie alone in an ambulance. So when Howard Payne realizes that it's on a loop, he gets obviously kind of pissed off. And then he goes and kidnaps Annie from the ambulance while they're trying to snipe him at the money drop. How did anyone leave Annie alone? Like at this point in time, Annie should have had somebody with her. So again, don't know how bomb cops do things, but I think they drop the ball here. It's just like bad policing. And also at this point, I realize in the beginning of the movie, Howard Payne alludes to the fact that he blew himself up. He goes into the parking garage and then there's a big explosion. Did the cops not find any viscera or body parts when they went to that crime scene? Because then they would have quickly realized this man is not dead. So that was just something where I'm like, are they just like really bad cops? Because, you know, just saying. So Howard kidnaps Annie. They get on a train this time and he's going to take this train out. But this is after he has put a bomb on Annie. And Annie's essentially a ticking time bomb just waiting to explode. And it comes to this giant head where then the train gets kind of out of control. But Jack doesn't give up. He's like, I got to save Annie. So he goes to save Annie. They have a fight on the roof of the train, which honestly, how'd they do that? I mean, there's a point where Jack's on the roof and he's trying to like find his way in. And Howard realizes that Jack's on the roof. And there's a line in this movie that my husband very much enjoyed. When Howard realizes Jack is there, he goes, he's so persistent. He always gets his man. And it's the weirdest line that has ever been uttered in a movie, I think. And it sounds like, is he from the 1920s? But again, he's so unhinged. You're like, this just kind of fits for this guy. This guy is just off his rocker. You know, just, you know, just like, let's take his bombs away from him. I think the world will be a safer place. But then he somehow, Howard gets on the roof of the train. I'm like, how did he get up there so quickly? They get into a tussle. Jack and Howard fight it out. And then uh, essentially, Howard gets decapitated. Somehow, Jack manages to get the trigger for the bomb out of Howard's hand and gets down to Annie and is able to defuse it. However, there's a problem. Annie is attached by handcuffs to a pole on this train and this train is veering out of control and there's no track ahead. Of course there's no track ahead. So just when you think it's going to end, it doesn't. And they decide to jump the track, which they, he, I mean, I mean, you know what? The whole time I was like, hold on. Everybody just take a breath. Jack says we're going to jump the track. And then he just like turns the train to full speed. And then they just kind of like hold each other. And the train obviously can't jump a track. It just shoots into the street and falls on its side. And apparently, you know, Annie and Jack are still being kind of calm, cool, and collected about all of it. And then, you know, she's like, you stayed with me. You didn't leave. And they kiss. Which at this point, I'm like, all right, I guess that's fine if you must. I just feel like sometimes in movies, 
that stuff's so out of place. And this is something that happened a lot in 90s movies, too. I think a lot of movies do it, though, where it's just like, we need that romance element. And I'm like, I'd rather just be a badass Sandy B and Jack just, you know, taking on this bomb terrorist man and not needing that, like, romantic element because it feels so out of place. I guess it was very high stakes, traumatic events. They kind of poke fun at it when they say things like, you know, relationships that start off on traumatic events don't usually last. Ha 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 ha. And I'm like, you know, but you just maybe you should just try to be friends first, you know, but maybe if I was in a situation where I almost died several times and I had a bomb on my chest, I'd make out with someone that I just met too. I didn't. I don't think I would. But, you know, never say never. (laughs) But I have to mention this because in my travels after looking things up about this movie, Joss Whedon has an uncredited writing credit for this movie. So I guess Joss Whedon helped rewrite this whole script at some point, but he's uncredited for it. And I was like, that's probably, spoiler, why I kind of like this movie. I know Joss Whedon is kind of a piece of but I do have to say I've I've always loved Firefly. I just finished I just finished watching all of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I have thoughts about it. You know, I watched all seven seasons of Buffy. There's a lot of things that I'm like, okay, uh, all right. But there's a lot of stuff in that too, which I did really, really enjoy. But I just thought it was so interesting that this was something that Joss Whedon had worked on. Like, what are the odds? And for all of you who are telling me to watch Angel, I'm going to watch Angel next. Part of me wonders, and I'm like, I don't know if it's possible, but like sitting down and recording a Katie hasn't seen that, talking about what I thought about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I don't know if that's something you all would be interested in. It would be like a one episode thing where I just talk about the entire show and what I thought about it because I just watched it for the first time. I don't know. That could just be something for a rainy day. But let me know if you want that. So in the spirit of trivia, I thought it'd be fun to just mention some things I saw trivia wise that I thought was interesting about the movie, such as Sandy B actually learned how to drive a bus for the film, passing her test on the first attempt. That's kind of cool. But again, you need a special driver's license to drive a bus. Okay, and because I made such a big deal out of this, the bus jump scene was done twice as the bus landed too smoothly the first time. The bridge was actually there, but erased digitally. And the bus jump scene was not in the original script. Director Jan DeBont came up with the idea one day when he was driving around L.A. and noticed one section of the I-105 freeway missing. So they just added that in. And that was one of the most memorable moments for me. But also, like, I mean, it didn't need to be there. There's a lot of action in this movie. You have to admit, this movie is pretty action packed. I noticed this, too, while I was watching this, the stunts for Keanu Reeves. I was like, it seemed like he did most of them. And I found a fun fact that said Kanunu did about 90% of his own stunts. So kudos to that. Apparently, the director cast Dennis Hopper as the villain because he didn't want a typical villain. He wanted Payne to be a regular guy who just snapped one day. Payne truly was something else, though. You have to admit, he made me uncomfortable. I wonder, did he make you all uncomfortable when you saw this movie? Howard Payne is kind of like there's villains in movies and then there's like disordered people. And I feel like he falls under that kind of disordered person category. And one final fun fact, the watch Jack wears, a Casio G-Shock DW5 5-6,000C had been discontinued by the time filming started. However, the company had to start making them again due to the film's success. 
bringing about new demand. I wonder if they do still make those. I don't know for sure if they make the same exact one that Jack wears in this movie, but holy crap, Casio is still making watches that look like they're from the 80s and 90s, and I kind of love that. Now I want to get one, but I'm like, I don't need it. I don't need a Casio watch, but it's kind of cool to think about that they still exist and they have a legacy that continues to live on. So what am I going to be giving speed, you might ask? What review has Katie come up with? I'm going to be giving this movie an 8 out of 10. Dennis Hopper's overacting. I like speed. The movie, not the drug. Thank you, Chubbigans, for recommending this movie to me. I think this is worth at least one watch in your lifetime. It's got a feel to it where if you just go in, put that movie magic glasses on and go, I'm just going to have a good time. I think it's uh, it's worth a watch. So thank you so much, Chubbigans, for making me watch this movie. Thank you again for donating to St. Jude, raising money for the kids and for such a wonderful cause. And uh, I'm glad that I like this one. Oh, it's kind of fun when I like one of these. There's like a meme that's gone around where it's like, Katie hates every movie she watched for Katie hasn't seen that. And I'll go, hey, see the speed episode, please. Okay, so thank you so much again. Let's get some community comments. I watched Tank Girl for the last episode and I thought it would be a good time to bring in a comment from FN Karma who recommended that movie to me. I adore you, Karma. So, Karma shared, As much as I do enjoy the quips Lori Petty dishes out and them ridiculous kangaroos, it doesn't save the movie from being overly uncomfortable and all over the place. By the way, you had mentioned Tank Girl being like a bad Harley Quinn knockoff. And fun fact is that Margot Robbie actually bought the rights to Tank Girl. Maybe there's hope in the future she'll make this better somehow. I... I'm so excited if they make another Tank Girl because I think in the right hands, it could be a really badass movie. And I think Margot Robbie might be able to take that on. So Karma, I adore you. Thank you so much for recommending that movie and for sharing your thoughts on the movie too. Another comment from YouTube, Onyx shared, fun fact, Jamie Hewlett, co-creator of Tank Girl, is also a co-creator of the band Gorillaz. His visual style is very iconic. I didn't know that. And that's actually super badass. If you don't know who the gorillas are, they're a very popular band that is animated. And this is actually really cool to think about that the co-creator of Tank Girl also is a co-creator of the band Gorillas. So thank you for sharing that, Onyx. Thank you all for joining me for another episode of Katie Hasn't Seen That. It always means a lot to me that you would take time out of your busy lives to listen to my podcast, share your thoughts with me about the movies I watch, and recommend movies to me. If you're so inclined, I would absolutely love it if you gave a review of Katie Hasn't Seen That on Apple Podcasts. If you gave that baby five stars, it helps get the podcast out to more eyes and lets people know that you like it. Let's me know that you like it too. Also, come talk to me on Twitch at Katie Peters Plays. Let me know what your thoughts were on the movie Speed. I enjoyed it. I want to know if you enjoyed it too. You can also tweet at me at Play Katie Play. Let me know your movie recommendations and thoughts on movies as well. Plus, I post a lot of fun stuff over there. I like talking to all of you. So if you ever just want to be like, yo, Katie, what's up? I'll be like, hey, what's happening? It'll be like a really cool thing that we have. Until the next movie, I hope you all take good care of yourself and make sure that if you're ever in a situation like this, we should all try to get bus driver's license just in case. So until the next time, take care. Remember to buckle up and stay under the speed limit. If you want to hang out with me more, or if you just want to yell at me for my thoughts on a specific movie, I stream over on Twitch at www.twitch.tv slash Plays. Also, feel free to follow and chat with me on Twitter at Play. 
and on Instagram at Katie Peters Plays. Music written and performed by Mark Can Do It. Katie Hasn't Seen That is a part of the Geek Generation Network. Until next time, keep your popcorn warm for me.